What is up, Janksters? It's your boy, Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet. And today we have a, an episode that is devoted actually to one of my Twitch chatters. Uh, I the, I let the word out on my Twitch stream that I'd be happy to do episodes based on fan requests. And I did get a couple, which is great. By the way, keep those coming. Uh, and this one is for Spectral Ninja of Death, uh, their Twitch username. And uh, they, they wanted us to discuss Amareth the Lustrous. Kind of get my feelings on it because, uh, as they put it, the card was wildly underrated, and I think that's probably fair. So as of this recording, Amareth the Lustrous is going for about a quarter. If you want the really fancy foil one, then honestly, I don't think it looks that great. Um, it'll, it's still less than a dollar. Uh, so why is that? Why is this card so inexpensive? Well, let's get into what the card does, and we'll go from there. Amareth the Lustrous is a legendary dragon from Commander Legends. So it's not that old, too. That's part of it. Um, and for three green-white blue so we have a six and it's a six six flyer so we have a six six flying dragon for six in bant colors whenever another permanent enters the battlefield under your control look at the top card of your library if it shares a card type with that permanent you may reveal that card and put it into your hand so Amaranth the Lustrous is actually doing something very interesting that I actually really like and uh what it's doing is giving you access giving you information on the top card of your deck. That is shockingly powerful stuff. I love, for example, the reality chip. Uh, just Even if it's not equipped to anything, it gives you the ability to look at the top card of your library at any time. You can just see what you have there. That's really valuable information. It can determine whether or not you want to scry, whether, you're not, whether or not you want to shuffle. It gives you key information on the upcoming turns. Know whether or not to play card draw effects at certain times. It's very useful information. And Amareth gives you that, albeit like for a limited window of time. So if you're gonna be building an Amareth Illustrious deck, it's very important that you can take advantage of that in some way. I would highly recommend uh, including a lot of fetch lands in these decks. Now, when I say fetch lands, I don't necessarily mean the uh, the very expensive ones that allow you to fetch up lands that are typed with the basic lands. You know, your you know flooded strands and you know polluted deltas and whatnot. You don't necessarily need those in this kinds of in this kind of a deck. But I would recommend you put in Evolving Wilds, Terramorphic Expanse, Fabled Passage is like, Fabled Passage is possibly the greatest of like the budget fetch land options. I mean, I don't know if it's really budget these days, but compared to the other fetch lands, I think it still qualifies. In any event, those kinds of effects are very useful here. There's also a card out there that I never see anybody run and probably with good reason. Um, I believe it's called Mere Mind Servant. Uh, it's a one one for two if I remember correctly and at any point you can like pay one or two and just shuffle your library Like that's all it does. It just shuffles your library not a great card probably still not worth it in this deck But it's one that I consider adding to a lot of decks because part well partly I just think it's funny, but uh, yeah effects like you know like your your various fetch lands get you get the job done and additionally you have an added bonus Amareth's ability does not say non-land permanence. So when you hit your land drop, you get to look at the top card of your library. If it's a land, you just draw it. So hitting your land drops in Amareth is probably pretty darn easy to do. And so if I were to build an Amareth the Lustrous deck, I would definitely build it around landfall synergies. And on top of that, you're in Bant, so you have Although, like, the Ruin Crab situation where you can mill people, you have your Scoot Swarms and your other, like, green ramp spells. Like, my goodness, the amount of options that you have there is kind of unreal. White gives you access to things like Felidar Retreat that also cares about land drops in a really cool way. Fearless Fledgling, by the way, is also, like, quietly a really good landfall payoff. It's easy to forget about and easy to overlook, but it's, like, 
actually pretty solid. Like, if it goes unchecked in a game, it can really rough your opponents up. Um, so I'd recommend giving that a shot. So that's the way I would build this. Because then I could have 50% of the cards in the deck be lands. And then another, I would also want to make sure that I have a large proportion be creatures. So I would definitely build this kind of in the exact opposite way. I would build the new Atraxa. Because with the new Atraxa, the Grand Unifier, when she enters the battlefield, you look at the top 10 cards, and for each type, you get to draw that card uh, or put it in your hand. So what you're doing there is you're benefiting from having a wide variety of card types. Amrath is exactly the opposite. If I'm playing, if I have a creature enter the battlefield, I want a high probability of that top card being a creature. That way I get to draw the card. So that's really important. Um, yeah, so I would definitely build it with primarily lands and creatures in the deck to make it nice and simple. I want to make sure that we get advantage. Uh, we, I, you know, we get the card advantage on this card. And it's also every single time. It's not... It doesn't have a, like, if it triggers only once each turn kind of situation. That's not here. So, yeah, you add in Druid class, you add in Azusa, you add in Explore. Um, this is a situation where burgeoning might be useful. Like, this is really, like, very potentially powerful if your deck is tuned to take advantage of this ability. And with it being a six drop, building a ramp deck is really nice because you're probably going to get this out on turn four and then get additional advantage from there. So... I think this is actually a pretty cool commander capable of doing some really neat things. And the fact that it is going for so cheap right now is kind of wild, but I can also understand it because it's not super obvious. And mechanically, what does this give you? If it does the thing successfully, this is giving you card advantage. You are drawing cards when you're playing permanence. But even then, if you play like a land per, for, for, you know, uh, if, you, if you, let's say you play a land, if you have a creature on top of your library, all of a sudden that creature is just stuck there. You don't get it into your hand and it sits unless you can cast a creature because now you know that creature's there. So if you can cast a creature, great. You get to then draw the card and you can keep moving about your day. But if you don't, you just totally stall out. And any additional mana you have is kind of left sitting there. Um, so that's kind of a bummer. You know, I would definitely be aware of that. Oh, also, I realized Bant is also a really solid color to build like Enchantress. So honestly, I think part of the reason why this card is so cheap is because it isn't an obvious build. And I'm not saying that that means the card is bad. And I'm not saying that it's worth less as a result. Actually, as a brewer, I like this even more because of that. You can build this in a ton of different ways. You could build this around enchantments. You could build this around solely creatures. You could pick like a creature type. Like you could do like elf ball with this. Like, I don't know, why not, right? Um, you could do some really cool stuff with this card. Yeah, it could be all enchantments. You could build a deck that's oops all lands with this and just see what happens. Like, uh, I don't know, this is interesting. Heck, you could even do an artifact build potentially with Amareth. That could be very interesting and very cool, and your opponents are not gonna see it coming, which could be really interesting. So I love that. I think that's really cool, but it it's a narrow situation where it narrows you into one type when you're building the deck and you're kind of stuck with it, and it forces you, the deck builder, to be very creative. Now, as a deck builder who aspires to be, you know, creative and unique in all my brews, I love that. I think this card is actually very cool for that exact reason. However, I can see why it might be daunting to try to build this card to maybe a new player. 
Whereas looking at something like a Sithis Harvest Hand, which is, you know, if I want to do something in green-white and I want to build around enchantments, well, Amareth isn't necessarily a great pick because I get blue, which, you know, might be nice, but I also may not need it. And then, um, you know, it's not as clear. It's not as obvious. Whereas you look at Sithis and it's like, two drop that just draws me cards for doing the thing I want to do? Like, yeah, that's clearly better. And honestly, it probably is. Um, actually, no, it definitely is. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I like Amareth for a casual deck that wants to do something different wants to carve out its own kind of niche. I think it's very cool. And the fact that it gives you access to three colors also opens up a lot of possibilities. So I gotta say, I actually really dig this card. So yeah, Spectral Ninja, I think you're onto something. I think this is pretty good and it's super cheap right now. So if you have a cool spicy deck that is built primarily around one card type, definitely get this in there. I'm also realizing as I'm saying this, this is one of the fun things about this show is, uh, when I get started, I will think of cards that that synergize with this. Um, that's this. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll think of cards as we go. Oh, that's the alchemy version. Just kidding. So if you're watching, if you're not watching the video, I'm sorry. Uh, Elrond, God of the Cosmos. Now we all know Elrond from his Epiphany, but. Elrond, God of the Cosmos, would actually fit perfectly in this deck. So Elrond says it gets plus one, plus one for each card in your hand and each foretold card you own in exile. Cool. So you get a benefit from having cards in your hand. That's neat. Otherwise, it's a one, one for five. That's kind of rough. But at the beginning of your end step, choose a card type. Then reveal the top two cards of your library, put all cards of the chosen type into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. If you are running a deck that is only made up of lands and creatures, you play Allrin, God of the Cosmos, name either land or creature, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna hit something, probably. Like the, the likelihood of whiffing, especially multiple turns in a row, off Allrin is very, very, very low. Meanwhile, uh, it all it also buffs from having cards in hand, and our commander Amareth, or yeah, Amareth, gets a benefit, and you get to draw cards. Plus, you get information on what's on top of your library. So if you know you have a creature on top, when you, when the end step rolls around and Alrin asks you to name one, you name creature, and you're guaranteed to draw one card. If it's assuming it's still there, maybe you saw it off a land drop or something. So. I don't know. I think there are ways to build this that are very effective and very fun, and I like it a lot. Being able to manipulate land, uh, manipulate your library, choosing your own kind of deck building restriction when you start, and then working from there to get maximum efficiency is pretty cool, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, in general, I just like it. Also, Amareth is a 6-6. Six, six. That is noteworthy because the moment you go to 7 power in Commander, it means that if the Commander strikes your opponent, any one opponent three times, they lose the game. So, because of commander damage. So it's not a bad idea to have some kind of ways to buff Amareth in your deck, possibly. Could be valuable, like Anthem effects, like where they'd give your whole team plus one, plus one, or anything of that nature. Or have them enter the battlefield with plus one, plus one counters on them, like Great Henge, that kind of thing. That could be potentially useful here. Just throwing it out there. If you can get to seven power on a commander, your opponents really need to be concerned. And Amareth's not far off, so... I think this is a cool card. I think it's very neat. I like it. And uh, yeah, Commander Legends, everybody. There's some good stuff in that set, and a lot of people are sleeping on a lot of it. So thank you so much for checking out this video. I appreciate it. Video, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast, Overthinking MTG, I appreciate it very, very much. And if this is your first time tuning into the YouTube video and you're like, wait, there's an audio version? There is. Overthinking MTG. It is available anywhere you get your podcasts. So thank you so much, and I'll catch you on the next one.